To meet global energy targets and meet global energy goals, we're gonna need a variety of solutions. We need coalitions of the willing that will take up new technologies, that will find ways to reduce emissions fairly, justly, and affordably. And as each of those individual efforts finds success, we hope that they will diffuse, be taken up by other countries, and eventually feed back into the consensus documents that we see coming out of the UN part of these COP proceedings. Hello, I'm Joseph Mikett, Director of the Energy Security and Climate Change Program here at CSIS. I'm here today to talk about our recent Experts React publication, which I co-authored with six of our program staff and affiliates, looking at the recent COP28 negotiations, conference, and the state of climate and energy policy at the end of 2023. Well, COP28 was held in the UAE, started in November 30th and closed out on December 13th. And this event, the UN Conference of the Parties, happens annually and is a chance for countries around the world to get together and evaluate the progress they're making to achieving the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement and what more needs to be done in efforts to decarbonize the economy and respond to climate risks. This is the big global dialogue on climate every year now. And what's important to note is that the Conference of the Parties has become not just one thing, two things, maybe even three or four things. It is a formal negotiating process for parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, and it is becoming one of the biggest trade shows for governments, for businesses, for civil society to announce what they're doing to help meet the world's climate goals. So in this piece, we look at not just the results of the formal negotiations, but also the announcements that were made with respect to methane emissions reductions, the expansion of nuclear power, formation of markets for hydrogen, carbon capture, and clean steel. All those things are necessary to meet the world's climate goals. And at COP, we see sort of the newest announcements. I would say one big takeaway is that the negotiators and the participants at COP this year faced a couple big challenges. The first is that the world is behind meeting its climate targets. We need to see an acceleration of emissions reductions if we have any chance of keeping warming below 2 degrees centigrade or toward 1.5 degrees centigrade, as was enshrined in the Paris Climate Agreement. We've also seen rising tensions between developed countries and developing countries over the approach that the world should take to address climate risks. And one concern we had going in was that those two challenges, both the size of the problem and the fracturing nature of the global consensus on climate, would impede progress or might even spoil the whole thing. Turns out that didn't happen. Instead, what we saw was the next reasonable step in global agreement and a variety, and I would say even encouraging, set of announcements around taking a truly diversified approach to managing climate risks. What me and my colleagues show in this piece, I encourage everyone to read it in detail because there's too much to cover with any one speaker. But what we see is that to meet global energy targets and meet global energy goals, we're going to need a variety of solutions. We need coalitions of the willing that will take up new technologies, that will find ways to reduce emissions fairly, justly, and affordably. And as each of those individual efforts finds success, we hope that they will diffuse, be taken up by other countries, and eventually feed back into the consensus documents that we see coming out of the UN part of these COP proceedings. To read the full Experts React publication, Building on Glasgow and Finding the Limits of Consensus, please visit CSIS.org.